let's talk about healing, hope, and the possibility of afterlife. As we all will go through some kind of loss at one point in our life, and we will need help to get through it, even if you don't think you do. We're here to help you find your light at the end of the tunnel. Whether it's a dream, a visit, a vision, or a newfound life after loss, we believe life and love never dies. This is Surviving Death and Dying with Trisha and Misty. We are going to take a break from our Hello from Heaven series that we're doing to talk about psychic medium John Edward. I'm First of all, I'm a huge fan. He had a show a long time ago called Crossing Over with John Edward, and he's been practicing for almost four decades. And some people wonder what he's up to these days. Well, he currently puts on live shows around the world, and Trisha and I got to see him last week. Yeah, it was so exciting. My, I had nerves right before going too. So that's how excited I was. It was almost like me going on stage myself right yes. before performing. That's how nervous I was. It's neat to see someone in person that you're a fan of, and it doesn't happen to be very often. But, you know, if I get really excited to see someone in person, I'm like, oh, I am a true fan. (laughs) Yeah, I I am a true fan of his and love his work. But I just want to say what he told us. He tells us what he does is not a gift because he thinks everybody has this ability to see into the spirit world and be able to see their loved ones. We just all have to learn how to take that and learn how to use it. And he wants to take it and teach people how to use it and use it properly. And it's cool that he takes that angle because then he, he works it into these shows where he's trying to also educate us on what he experiences, what he feels, what he sees and advice to people who are interested. He validates even feelings and visions and experiences that we have about our loved ones. So he likes to point out that these things are real. You're not crazy. It's happened to a lot of people, but you know, we still have to hear that over and over again, don't we? Exactly. And I mean, he even talked about the smell, which was our last podcast, what we talked about. He talked about that. He goes, there's going to be smells that just pop up and you're the only one that can smell it, but it was meant for you. And it triggers something. It'll trigger an emotion and a memory and it's special to that person. So that was cool that he, cause we just did that this week is what we posted for olfactory communication. And he validated that for sure. So if anybody is interested about going to his shows or they're curious what it's like, you know, that was one of the things I've had a lot of people first ask me, oh, he's even around. What's he doing these days? You can find him all over YouTube. (laughs) Yes. He's touring the world. So you can also look up his schedule and you could go to his, one of his shows. So when he came here, you can get a regular ticket or a VIP ticket. And we did the VIP ticket. Yes. Trisha, you actually talked me into it. And I was glad. (laughs) Yes. Because I was like, we need, since what we're doing and we want to help educate everybody in this kind of stuff. I was like, we need to learn a little bit more, get a a little bit more experience from what he has to offer. I mean, with this VIP ticket, we got to ask questions with him after the show. Yep. They're sending us books as well on that, as well as 
part one of his groups that he does, which is called Evolve, we get a year membership. That's a $99 a year value right there. And he wrote a book for that group that he did not publish to the public that we're going to get in our box of books. I'm pretty excited about getting an exclusive book. Right. There you go. I mean, it's just, it's so exciting because I was like, okay, I have to do, even now I'm like, I have to go back again. And it also includes a virtual. Oh, yes. Two virtual shows that we're going to be part of. They also have some drawings and prizes or giveaways every month. They have a Facebook group. So there's a lot of great material I think we're going to be able to pull from being part of that for the next year and use on our podcast. I'm excited about that. Yes. I'm so glad we did this. Uh, I mean, it was postponed for for a few months because of the pandemic, but it was worth the wait, I think so. Definitely. And it's neat because when you first go for anybody who's just curious what it's like, you have a line. We had our VIP line. We knew we were supposed to arrive at a certain time. We would get the VIP line and you, you start to meet the people around you, which is very cool. And you, you, we made some friends from getting to hang out early, getting there. We seats are first come first serve. So the whole purpose of getting there early and getting in line is so you get a good seat. We must've been only like 15 feet away from him. We were right there. Yes. We had to take a picture to prove it to our family that we were this close to him and to the stage stage. We couldn't take a picture with him. Let's clarify that they were, yeah. they had, they had rules. And it's funny because the woman speaking of rules, the woman that was running the event, she was kind of funny. Yes. She's from Miami. She said she worked in radio 12 years. She was almost like the opening act comedian. I called her the hype woman. Like yeah. if you go to a concert, <laughs> there's that hype, hype yeah. man. Yeah. So I call her the hype woman because yeah, she was that person. She got us all going and laughing and smiling and having a good time even before he came yep. on the stage. So while, while also giving us the rules, the do's right. and the don'ts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's like, he's not going to come near you. He is a dermaphobe. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> I was surprised about. <laughs> he will not touch you. He will not take a picture with you. I thought that was funny. That was yeah. great. But still, it's very cool. And I know that skeptics out there think that there are like speakers in line or people getting your info. And that does not happen. Because if it did mm-hmm. happen, I tell you, I heard enough info along in that line that he could have just regurgitated back to us and he didn't. So, exactly. but, I, but I also know that from friends of mine that worked on this show. I had a friend that worked in his crossing over John Nippert show in the control room and a friend that was an editor for the show. So anybody is curious and skeptic, which skepticism, even John says, is good to have. Um, that would have been more work for those people on that show to try to figure out who was in the audience and who passed away and their family and for him to figure out who they were. He really just zones in on the person. He's like, I'm right here. And even if the person says, I don't get it, he will not let go if he thinks it's you. And I love that. Yeah. And what I love is when somebody asked, how do you know who to go to and who, who to pick, who you how were you drawn? What do you have to Right. Yeah. And he said, it's like this, the spirits pulling on him towards this person. It just felt like somebody was tugging at him to go right. to, to him. That person needs it the most right now at this time. 
And he also compared it to if somebody shot a water hose right at your chest, a cold one. Because he said when it first started, he said he would get this sensation over his head like a warm shower. And then when it got stronger, it was like all of a sudden it was now a cold garden hose shooting at his chest. And and he said he would just get pulled in that direction to find out where is that that coming from. So that, that was cool. And like you were saying, when he, the way he started his show was he was opening it up to uh, let people ask questions. And that's kind of how it, it kicked everyone off, but it also gave us the opportunity to hear some of his own personal stories about himself and things yeah. he went through. He was learning how to be a medium. Exactly. And one of his stories too, he went to an actual psychic himself with a group of people and he was a skeptic at that time. Yes. He was a teenager and he thought, I don't want anything to do with you. And yeah, it was because his mom believed and his dad didn't, they had gotten divorced. And so he did have, you know, that upbringing of both sides. Right. And He's like, yeah, whatever. You know all about me. You have this all learned. You've learned about me already. And she asked for an item. He gave her his ring, one of his rings, I think his class ring or whatever, and gave it to her. And then she did a reading and basically told him, you have the gift yeah, and you need to follow this gift. And he's like, was like in complete shock. Like, no, I'm and, not. Yeah. Why? <laughs> He said his reaction was no way. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to do that. You got to yeah. be crazy. It was like, exactly. what, he was 15. <laughs> yeah. And then when he, he said, did, you're, you're surrounded by white spirit, light, you know, guides or, yes. you know, that want to help you. And he was kind of freaked out by that. Yeah. And then after a while, he did, he, when he realized he did have this gift and that he wanted to pursue it again, we don't want to call it gift, but because we all have it, but he went back to that person after a while and said, can you help me and teach me how to do this? Mm-hmm. And she came back saying, no, you have straight to out. No. <laughs> you have to and I was just like, right. I was like, wow. Okay. Even he was pulled back for a second going, what? well, you're the one that told me I had this and you don't want to help me. Right. So he had to figure this out on his own and how, who to go to, to help him with this. So I thought that was interesting too, that about that. And he has a couple of funny stories where just in his everyday life, he would be aware of a presence, a spirit, an energy around someone, and he would just start reading for them whether they wanted to or not. Yeah. And he did this one time. He was, I think, at his one of his jobs. It was crazy. And he asked this this lady and she about is there anybody that you've lost basically recently? And he was seeing this. I don't remember what he said. He said sob, but it was something. And she goes, yes, I, she lost her best friend. Yeah. And she kept her best friend kept on telling John, you need to call your mom, call my mom, kept on saying, call your mom. And he's like, I am not calling. I am not calling her mom. And the, the friend was like, yes, you are keep calling. And then her best friend kept on saying, call, call my mom, mom. Call call mom. My, um, and they wouldn't yeah. let up. They wouldn't let up. So they wouldn't. <laughs> he finally agreed to say, okay, I will do this. But he was still kind of hesitant. But when he got on the phone and called her and explained who he was and what he does, the mom just screamed and <laughs> 
threw the phone down, (laughs) threw the phone down. And then this other person came on this phone. I believe it was a man cursing him out for doing what he did. And right there, that is telling you, okay, you have to learn your boundaries and who you should tell and when you should tell them. Yeah. Um, That was him being the attack medium. Yes. The woman was not asking for it, but, no. it, but it makes it, you know, so you're, you're, you're at home, your phone rings and somebody calls and tells you that, Hey, I happen to be a medium. I could see and speak to the dead. Your daughter wants me to call you and she freaks no. out. And then me, the husband gets on the phone and cusses him out. And of course he felt terrible. He said, right. okay, exactly. I'm never doing that again. That was just not what I expected. That was awful, horrible experience. But luckily he found out later yeah, what had happened. And this, he got in a written letter because this was before all emails. So it took right, a, right. a while to get to him, but she explained why she reacted the way she did. She was reading this book on mediumship and um, psychics. And while she was reading this, she's said, I want a, one last call from my daughter. One and last then, call. Ring. And then the phone <laughs> rang and she just got like, it probably just spooked her. Like, like what just happened here? I'm reading this book. I'm asking for it. And it comes right at that right. same time. I was like, that is, it's crazy that her daughter was like, yes, yeah. I need to contact her. And the way to get to her is through my best friend to, because yeah. she's around this person that can do this. Right. And, and it, it was just, the timing of it. And that's why the husband picked up the phone and was like, yeah. who are you? And this is, you know, he thought it was a prank and he cussed him out and, you know, and it was because yeah. what John didn't know what was happening behind the scenes is the woman was actually wondering why her daughter wouldn't just call her. <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I think it was beautiful, but it was also, also Breaking. like you said, it's yeah. scary because you're right. asking for this and you don't think it's ever going to happen. Right. You're just asking. Cause I know we both have asked for to different people that have passed, please come to me or like, right. let me see you in a dream or anything. Right. And it doesn't happen that fast. No, it doesn't. <laughs> But, you know, and he also shared a, another time where he gave a reading and this was an example that he was giving on how sometimes he gets information that he doesn't know how to interpret, but he has learned not to let go because yeah. either he's saying it incorrectly or, but if he continues to persist like he does, which we got to see him do that night, he then finds out why it comes across like it does. And you related to one of those. Yeah, most definitely. He did the a personal reading for one of his clients who lost her little girl. And this little girl was in a wheelchair. And the little girl came to John and said, tell my mom I'm dancing now. And her mom was like, that's nope. not her. That can't yeah. be her. She's in a wheelchair. She didn't have, she couldn't move her legs. She couldn't do any of that. But that little girl kept on persisting and saying, tell my mom I'm dancing. Yeah. And then after a few times of him saying that she goes, Oh my gosh, I remember my daughter's dream. My daughter's dream was to become a dancer, a ballet dancer. And you could see her, he goes, I see her twirling. I see her jump, like jumping. And I was like, I was just in awe because 
Yeah. I was a professional dancer beforehand. And my first job was actually as a ballet dancer. So to have that like connection right there and for that little girl who always wanted to be that dancer, ballet dancer, getting to do that now, now, and she's not in pain, she's not in anything. And it was just so beautiful to me. And I was like, that made that mother just smile because she knew that's what her daughter wanted. And I think it's because when John saw her dancing, he's trying to say, I see a girl, she's dancing. The mother was like, no, that can't be my daughter because she was in a wheelchair. He's like, no, no, she's dancing. And that was figuring out that what her message was, I can dance now. And that's that's a big theme. If you've lost someone that was ill beforehand, they're better now. They are free of the physical pain or ailments or you know, handicaps that they had in the afterlife, they are free. And that's pretty yes. beautiful. Yeah. And that gives us peace as well. Cause we have loved ones that were sick right mm-hmm. before they went to that. I mean, for me, for my mom and my dad to know they're okay. okay they're okay. They're not having the, the trouble breathing or walking right. or whatever. I mean, so it's just right. It puts a smile on your face to hear these things, even right. if it's not your reading. Right you know, okay, then I know my loved one is happy doing what they love that they couldn't do here at all. So it's a great thing. And I love John has said before, he didn't say it on this one. I think he does it when he's on TV shows and there's cameras. He'll say, okay, people, I know you're nervous. You lost someone. There's cameras here. You left your brain at home, (laughs) right? (laughs) Which is exactly how it is because when he does go to someone, he makes you stand up. So now you're on, on the spot, you know, and he's, he's throwing questions at you to go, who's this, who's that, where's the, this, where's the, that. So the, and we saw this unfold all night long where people would say, no, no, no. And he wouldn't let up and he would be persistent. And finally they would go, Oh, and the whole room would burst out laughing because what he said then to us looks like, well, that should have been obvious. How did that take you so long? Right. (laughs) Except for we weren't in that position. So we didn't know. Right. But I, it was funny, but it's true because you're nervous. You're like thinking about your loved ones and what will they say? What will they do? Right. And, and who are they? Who are they? And yeah. how's he how's he relating? So the first guy that actually got to stand up and ask a question, his grandmother came through and John figured out quickly. He's like, oh, is that your mom with you then? Okay, because this was the mom's mom. So she stood up. But my favorite part, and he was connecting with them and he was, they were acknowledging who he was bringing through. And then he said to the, and the young man must have been in his twenties. And he said, what's the competition coming up? And the son's like, um, he goes, do you play ball? Do you, you know, what do you do? There's a competition The the kid's like, no. And he wouldn't let up. And this went on for a couple minutes Yes, where he's like, oh no, there's a competition. And the kid kept going, no. And John would stop and he'd look down at the floor and he'd think, and he goes, nope, there's a competition. Where's the competition? You haven't told anyone yet. What's the competition? And the mom goes, that's me. And she looks at her son and she goes, I'm going to do a fitness competition. And the son's looking back at her like, oh, you are? And then she looks at John and says, 
I hadn't told anyone yet. And he goes, hello, that's what I just said. <laughs> right. <laughs> I haven't told anyone yet. <laughs> the cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be known. I, I love that. That was so funny. It's cool to see that unfold live and know that that was not set up and the people are trying to figure it out. They're like, what are you talking about? So of course that was a big belly laugh right from the get-go. And he had, he had a lot of um, other ones like that as well. Yeah, I know there is that Chi Chi story where he kept on saying Chi Chi. There, I know he goes, "Where's Chi Chi? Chi Chi? Chi Chi?" But and wasn't he, was, he already talking to a woman? He and was then talking he, to yeah. a woman at that time, right? And he's like, "This person keeps on saying Chi 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 sound." Cha-cha. Yeah, and and I was he. She's like, "I don't know anybody with that name, right?" Or that starts like that, and he goes that that person was kept on coming through and saying, saying Chi-Chi, Chi-Chi. He goes, no, it's Chi-Chi, it's Chi-Chi. <laughs> and then finally the woman goes, wait, Chi-Chi's Pizza. Yes. That was their favorite place to go, to eat. Yeah. And he did ask, he said to validate, he goes, okay, but is this a place that would be significant to the both of you going? Right. And she said, yes. So yes. He, he doesn't always just let somebody grab yeah. onto something with no purpose or meaning behind exactly. it. Exactly. So he, he does find that connection. He, he, he tries to validate because if someone does say, yeah, that was me, he's not afraid to go, no, this one's not you. This has to have a real meaning. And she right. said, no, this is, this is where we would always go. He loved Chi Chi's pizza. And it was actually where he was when he asked her to renew their vows, which also came up because right. John goes, was he, was had he been married before? Cause I'm seeing like, he sees a symbol for like marriage, mm-hmm. uh, like two marriages or renewal vows. And she said, no, no. Oh, she goes, yeah, she, he did want me to renew our vows. And we were at Chi Chi's pizza when he asked me. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is too, they, he asked to go also, I remember this right the day before he passed, yeah. they went, went to Chi Chi's restaurant. And I was like, so those two things happening yeah. at the same time, yeah. I think, and we're going to probably talk about this a little later. I think he knew something was going to happen, right? He knew like it was coming to an end, I think. And he wanted to show his wife how much he loved her still and wanted that renewal. Right. He knew it wasn't going to happen because of what was coming, but he wanted to show his wife that, that love that he still had for her. And I just thought that was beautiful too. Like, right. So, and then John jumps to, okay, who has the same family in the hospital at the same time? He goes like two people, one's upstairs, one down. He goes, cause I'm feeling like I'm going here. I'm going there. And he was already talking with the person who kept saying, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. And he would, again, just like with the competition, he wouldn't let right. up. And he's like, nope, I'm getting the feeling like I have to run upstairs to see this person. I have to run downstairs to see that person. He goes, it's two people in the same hospital at the same time. And then she kind of gave this, um, no. And he was like, why are you answering it like that? <laughs> why are right. you hesitant? <laughs> and she's like, well, because, well, it was just my aunt and uncle. Oh God, that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> keep on going. And he goes, he gives his big face, you know, of course, the whole room starts laughing. And he and and she goes, Well, it's not my mom or dad or anything. And he was like, seriously? 
He goes, how do you think your aunt and your uncle feel right now? Because you were just like measuring up to they're not important because they were only my aunt and uncle. He's like, listen, family is family, people. Right. Like, it's family. He goes, I don't care if it's great grandma that you never met. If it's family, it's family. So that was funny yeah. too, that the whole time he's pressing and she knew she did have an aunt and uncle that fit that, but she didn't want to accept it because she thought it should be her mom or dad, not right. her aunt and uncle, you know? So that right. was kind of funny. Yeah. And he goes, it's to get to where you want to be. Sometimes you get people you don't want to hear from at that time. Mm-hmm. I get to your aunt and uncle to get to yes your mom or dad or to your brother or whoever it is. So he, they're helping me get to who you want. They're opening my eyes and letting me see this to help you. So I thought I was like, okay. So if anybody comes and does a reading on me, I was like, okay, if I don't get my mom and dad first, I got to let it go and say, okay, yeah, it's going to come through maybe through my grandma. Right. It could be someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, okay. It even could be my best friend that passed away. I was like, Right. She could be like, okay, here's mom, dad's coming. They- and, and he'll say that he gets, okay, they are now bringing so-and-so through. For yeah. You. Yeah. And then yeah. sometimes I thought it was interesting that sometimes a reading he had would bring in another person. Cause then yeah. at, at one point he, he jumped to the other side of the room, whoever he had brought in was saying, there's a connection on the other side of this room. And it was a, a, a city that was in common and they and the were teachers. also teachers. Yeah. I thought that was beautiful too. I mean, that one story when they went to the other person was hilarious to me. I mean, it was the father-in-law coming to this woman. Mm-hmm. It was her father-in-law and he goes, tells his daughter-in-law, keep my wife there as long as possible. <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with her yet. (laughs) And I was just like, and her face was like, that was funny because apparently she was difficult. She's a difficult woman. (laughs) Yeah. And and she she didn't want to, she's like, well, I don't want to have to deal with her face was showing. I don't want to have to deal with her yet. He's as well long as either. So I was just like, yeah, that was funny. That was, was like, funny. Okay. And then he throws in one little personal thing just out of the blue. Like he goes, so are you going to pay that parking ticket or not? Or no, he didn't say parking. He goes, so are you going to pay that ticket or not? And then she just, her hand went over her mouth and she was like, oh, you know, Bust, and then started busting out laughing. Like, oh my God, how did you know I got right. a ticket? And I can't even remember the last time I've had a ticket. So if he said that to me, that wouldn't have made any sense. You know? Right. I'm like, knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood right now. Right. <laughs> Right. I don't mean to jinx myself either. Yeah. But, you know, and it was cool because then when he starts to look for someone, he goes to an area and he goes, okay, I'm in this section over here. And one time he goes, where's Clark Kent or, or Peter Harper? I'm hearing superheroes like Clark, but he wasn't saying Spider-Man, Superman. He was right. actually saying Clark Kent. And he kept insisting on it. This woman raised her hand. She was in that section that he was pointing to. And apparently she had a quadriplegic son and John even knew he's like, did he die around new year's? And she said, new year's day. 
that's when he died and that friends and family compared him to Clark Kent, which was really special and loving that he was, you know, so she even has a a nameplate on her desk at work that says Clark Kent. And he identified that. So that was, that was very cool and special. And he was able to again say, he goes, look, he's free. That handicap he had, he has no more. He is feeling good. So he brought peace right he's 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 a superhero now up up there and yes the spirit world he says i thought that was beautiful too i was like okay the person that can't move he's out there saving the world and the spirit world so right and then he'll go one step farther and he'll try to find something that's unique to them just to validate or confirm that he is with that person or for them to know this really is him so he said okay, why am I seeing orange? And his hands are going across, like, you know, across the air and he's going, everything's orange. Orange is everywhere. And she kept going, I don't know. I don't know. And again, this was one of those, a couple minutes of this awkward, like, I I don't know if I were John, I'd start feeling like, oh, I am bombing right now. Right. And he he, he just, he goes, oh, thank goodness. At the end of some of them, like when they, when they decide it, okay. (laughs) Because he must be feeling like I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it, you know, and and yet he's, yet he's strong enough in his belief about his abilities that he keeps pressing. So we kept going, I don't know, everything's orange and orange slices too. And he's like, orange slices, orange, just everything's orange. orange. (laughs) And, and it's so awkward when you're sitting there because the person's not getting it. He's up there. It sounds like he's sucking, you know? Right. And, and they're like, I don't know. I don't, he's like, why orange? Nope. He's still showing me orange. Why orange? And finally her friend sitting next to her, wasn't even standing goes everything. She says to, to the woman, everything in his room was orange and the mom answers her friend well that's because it was his favorite color and then it hits her right <laughs> she goes oh and you see john of course cracking up he's yeah. in relief but he's also looking at her like seriously right oh, that didn't occur to you it's his favorite right color? i think because <laughs> when i looked at her i think she looked she was in more of a shock at that yeah. time so <laughs> nothing was like clicking for her and she's like going wait no yeah. She was just, her faith was like, yeah. it was like, oh my gosh, my son, he's okay. Right. Yep. And he's talking about his, that he's a superhero, his favorite yeah. color. Yeah. And, and he, and at that point he goes, okay, this is just to reinforce to you that this is him. You know, yes. this is just another, they look for these little things that mean something only to you that makes sense. So, you know, it's really them. So that's neat. Yeah. I love it too. And I remember one other thing where he kept on saying, I see a German shepherd, not, not a German. Uh, was it a German? Great Dane. I keep on seeing a great Dane. And he was talking to this woman and she goes, no, I had, would never have a great Dane. All I have are small dogs. And she go, and he goes, well, I think this has to do with one of your friends, the mutual friends between you and that loved one. And he goes, does any of your friends have a great Dane? And she goes, wait, yes. And he goes, did you just recently talk to this person? And she goes, yes. And she was asking about this whole, the whole John Edwards and like asking questions, like asking her questions to ask the loved one. And I thought that was crazy that also that loved one will come through and say, 
you know, for a friend for a friend saying hey i i heard you mm-hmm. and let me them know that i thought of them so yeah. so it's beautiful to hear that too that even if you're not there yeah they want to let these other people know that i'm thinking of you i'm around you mm-hmm. you're you're not alone um so i thought it was, it's great that he, that these spirit worlds will come and just say tell tell mom mm-hmm. that i i'm around her and i love her you know just mm-hmm. those little tiny things that right. you would never expect to come for somebody who wasn't even there yeah so that's true well, i thought that was great well at the end when they asked all the regular ticket holders to leave we got to stay i'm sure john went for a potty break because he left and came back (laughs) and then we were he opened it up for more questions and one of the things we got to talk about which is something you and i have hit on a couple times and we're going to talk more about is how our subconscious sometimes knows that our time is coming and it, it's not like you can na- you can say Claire Isabel, oh, I'm going to die Saturday like I right. have a, a plane ticket. No, but something in you knows and you you've seen people prepare or they start to say funny things and they don't even know why. But he had a very interesting story about it was a kid, right? Who was going to yeah. go on vacation with his family. Yeah, this touched me like it hurt when I heard this story, but go ahead. Well, it was just the kid, they were going to go to Disney and he was young and he was telling people that his family and I think he had an older sibling that he called and said, you've been the best sister, but he was telling everyone, I won't be coming back. I won't be coming back with the family. Just very matter of factly. And of course they thought, well, this is a kid. They don't know they're talking about. Of course you're coming back. You know, what do you think we're going to, you, you love Disney so much. You're going to move in, right? you know, but they, they had a car accident on the way back and the only person killed in that car accident was that child. And that child did not make yeah. it home after Disney. So yeah. what his point was that I thought was cool is don't ever think someone's life gets cut short. There is something right. in that soul's contract that knew they were only going to be here a certain amount of time and try to grab onto the piece that you could find in knowing that we don't understand what it is we're here to do and for how long, but he said, be reassured that you are here as long as you need to be here to get done what you need to get done. And exactly. I think that's beautiful to hold on to. I think so too. I was just, it was, it's just heartbreaking that a kid would come mm-hmm. and tell his siblings, I'm not coming back right. to hear that and go like, you look puzzled at your, your, right. your brother, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, come on, you're all, I don't know how old the kid was. Say he was 10. Right. How do you, right. you're coming back. You're, I mean, you're not even old enough to go anywhere by yourself yet. So right, right. no, you're coming back. And just to hear the kids say, I'm not coming back. It just, yeah, it was weird. I, it was, it's, I was like, oh, like it hurt me for a second. But again, I know there's those contracts that, and there's the purpose, the reasons why we're here. And we're only here for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. but for hearing a kid saying it right. and not thinking that's not long enough, their yeah. life was too short, but really it isn't because they did all that they were supposed to do 
during right. those apparently, years. Apparently that's yeah. what they planned. They planned to come here for that nine or 10 years. Yeah. And it hurts the family that loses them, of course. But if we could grab on to be, you know, some greater purpose and meaning that we don't understand, if that can help us heal, then grab onto it. You know, it, yeah. it's it's okay to to wonder and to think about that. Yeah. So he also in in the teaching aspect that he talked about, he also did a couple, he did a couple exercises with us just to teach us. And I, I won't give away the details of the exercise because that's special to going as a VIP member, but, right. but it was cool that it was, you know, an exercise that he called a cognitive release exercise. So he helped, he told yeah. us to close our eyes and he talked us through how to focus on something that we're burdened with and how to let it go. And, and that was neat. I don't know. Did you feel anything from that? I, I did. And it was for, I had two things on my, on my heart and my mind at that time. So I, it did help me. It gave me a little bit of peace and I was like, okay. And then that second exercise that he did as well, it was numerology, the numerology, um, mine had to, mine actually kind of went together with that first exercise he did. And then that second exercise, um, because he told us, um, when he came back, he said, the first thing he asked us to say, think of a number Mm -hmm. one, one through nine. Mm -hmm. And he goes, your angels will give you that right number that you need to hear right now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And he told us as well that when he left for like, the room, he asked the angels to show up for us and tell us what number we needed. And I thought that was great. And then when he came back with, with the number, I, when he went over each number, he said, if you chose this number, raise your hand. And I, this, this was a neat way for him to connect with everybody who was there. So I don't think many of the VIP seats got red. He, he was pulled a lot to the back of the room with the other regular seat holders. But what we did get was the extra Q and a time, as well as these, these personal, like the exercise. And this way he kind of blanketed a connection with us in a reading Right. Even one of the people we talked about go came back to us and said, I got a personal reading through the numbers. Mm -hmm. She actually emailed us back one of our connections that we met Mm -hmm. and said, my personal reading was picking that number that was meant for me to hear. And it's great to hear it from other people, not just us to hear it from somebody else saying, okay, that was a personal reading. Right. It was worth for her that right there was worth them. She goes, that was worth the money I spent to get this ticket. Yeah. That's amazing. It's great. Even if you didn't get like a, like a one-on-one, like a getting here, hearing from a loved one, right. That personal reading for inside you and what you're going through in your life right now and what you need. That's a personal reading too, I think. It is. And so, so you found a connection with your number and his message as yeah. well as, and it tied in with your release. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I don't know. Are we talking about what each of the numbers that you we can, picked? Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't want to give away his exercise because I thought that was unique I, to the VIP yeah. ticket holders. <laughs> yeah. So the, the number one, I think it'll be different each time. Yeah. Each yeah. time you go. 
Um, I did pick number four and my number four went along with what I was dealing with. And what was, you wrote that down. What was number four again? So what he would do is he would tell people, if you chose, you know, four, raise your hand. And then he would say, what, this is what you need to hear. This is about for you. It's all about foundation and hard work. There's no shortcuts. You've just got to learn by doing. And I can't say, I thought that was connecting with you when he said that. Yeah. And especially with what I'm dealing with right now in my life, trying to find that my purpose and finding my thing to do that I want to do. It connected with me, but it was just very personal. And I was like, okay, there was a connection for, for mine, my number and that exercise before of that release exercise. So those two things came together. So I felt like I did have like that little reading Mm -hmm. together and both of those like were really readings for me, even though the one was just a release exercise that release help is helping me get to the numbers that he came, like he told us about. So I think mine went together and I think that was great. The release, I definitely need that exercise to practice and do again, because I have been told before that I do, I try to hang on to so much control of some things in my life and I do need to release things. So things that I feel stuck or that I'm out of control that are just happening in our lives, I need to let go of. So that was really, really crucial and important to me. And I definitely loved that. I chose the number eight, which for this reading, he had said, you those of you who chose eight, you are looking through the lens of value. What is the value in this kind of a thing? And I don't know if I wasn't getting what he meant. I did have a hard time trying to connect that. I'm still thinking about that. My husband thinks he understood that he thought that made a lot of sense right away. (laughs) Right. But so maybe I just need to talk to him about it more because apparently he thinks so, you know, maybe again, it was meant for him. Maybe it's meant for him. You never know because it goes through, can go through connections. So that's true. Maybe he, he needed to hear that, but it was, it was definitely a great experience. And I look forward to other events we'll have this year. And then we could talk about them on the podcast and the book and uh, we'll go to the, the virtual events and, you know, share what happens. And if anybody wants to know more about John Edward or catching his schedule and his shows, we will put his link in the notes it's johnedward.net. And it is, I have a funny thing about, this is how you remember, it's, it's John Edward, W-A-R-D, and not plural. I had a friend one time, many years ago, when I was talking about John Edwards, and every time I'd say Edwards, she'd go word, word, word. And I thought, remember <laughs> once upon a time, that was just a way you're like, yeah, cool, uh-huh, word. That's what I thought. Right. <laughs> And, and there was, there was actually two of us that were talking and we both didn't get what she was doing and she kept doing it. And finally, when we figured out she was correcting that it's John Edward, not words, right? We, we both bust out laughing and we just thought you were like, yeah, yo word, uh-huh, you know, <laughs> so, we're back in the eighties now. Okay. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny, but that's a way to remember it is John Edward, but it's also spelled W-A-R-D.net. But I just want to tell him thank you for what he does. And he helped me and he helped so many other people in that room, as well as everybody he reads throughout the world. And what he does is a great thing. And 
I hope to learn from him and learn more about my in intuition on to be able to talk to my loved ones myself. So thank you, John Edward, for what you do. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So email us at trisha.misty.tm at gmail.com. Our podcast, Surviving Death and Dying, is available worldwide on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, Amazon Audible, Listen Note, Facebook, YouTube, and more. You can also go to our website, survivingdeathanddying.com, where we have links to the books we talk about. So please like, share, subscribe, and follow. We did it again. We survived death and dying. Another episode. Because we believe life and love never die.